we are going to talk about handling objections. How are you, Dan? I'm good, but let's make it quick this time because I'm, you know, there is there is Chelsea playing now. There's an issue. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Wearing this uh, jersey tonight to support them. But it's it's uh, Champions League, Champions League, Champions League. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, they are just playing like small Swedish team, like Malmo. So so not a big game, but but still, I w- I like to watch my uh favorite steam uh games but yeah let's let like work needs to be done first so let's <laughs> focus on our broadcast and today we will be talking about how to handle objections from your clients and customers from uh most likely from your potential clients and customers mm-hmm. because like if you are successful with handling objections then they will become uh your clients Exactly. So then they won't. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to do that in two parts. And uh, the first thing is we're going to look at what are the common objections that you're going to get. And then the second thing was I look at a few like articles to see how people handle it. And I found a framework which I think best resonate with me. And I will share with you, Dan, to see because you obviously haven't read it. And I'll share with you these seven steps that I've read, which I think resonates with me well. And then let's see whether we agree or not. And then we can have a debate from there. Cool, we'll jump straight into it. So, most common objections. People will always say, it's always something to do with, I don't have any time, or you are too expensive. I don't have enough budget for this. Um, How do I know that this is going to work? Or um, I will buy from you if you give me X, Y, and Z, right? Whatever reasons, these are kind of like what was identified as some of the common objections that we get from clients or potential customers or whatever. Um, Anyway, they might not say no directly to you, but you know that they are hesitating for some reason, right? And if you're interested, here's a link. We want to make sure credit is where credit is due. So go check this article out if you want to find out or read more about these common objections. But yeah, you can see on the screen or if you're listening, it's always something to do with time. I don't have enough time, price, what can you promise or some level of fear? How do I know it's going to work? Or some level of like self-doubt, I don't think I can do it. How can you help me? All those kind of things. So these are the eight common objections. But we're not going to spend so much time on what common objections um, are there. We want to focus on the solutions, right? It's like when people tell you, oh, no, I'm not quite sure about this or whatever. What do you say now to um, to, uh, to to address the objections, right? Because if you don't address that no, you're not going to get that sell, basically. So we're going to look at this seven-step framework that is shown here, and I will share why I think it resonates with me, and then that will be interesting to see what your view is, okay? So first thing is, when people say no, etc., This step one over here on this article says, step one, pause, speak with calm authority. It's as if objections, handling scenarios trigger them into slow motion. So what you want to do, basically what he is suggesting is that if you maintain a calm demeanor amid a flurry of sales objections, you will build trust with your customers. What do you think? So... uh... 
I partially agree with this step, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say calm authority. I would say confidence. Like mm-hmm. sh- show show to some extent that you were prepared to hear it from them. You know, yeah. Show it like don't be like. <gasps> I'm surprised that you said that it's too expensive. I'm surprised that that you didn't have time for that. Ooh. No, but be pre be prepared to hear some objections and then respond as you are prepared. So with great confidence. And uh, and one important thing that I would say in the first step. So this pause, not maybe not. It's not only about pausing it's 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 more about not rushing into your answer so i would say like the worst thing that you can do is to interrupt someone if Mm -hmm. because because most likely their objection will not not be just short and simple like it's too expensive no they will elaborate like oh the price is a bit too high uh etc 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 you know they will they will they will tell you more about it you know why why they won't go go ahead with you so you don't want to you know cut cut them in the middle of their sentence or yeah bump in into the middle of their sentence you don't want to interrupt them let them talk let them finish once they finish then add what you what you have what you prepared for this case, for this instance. I completely agree. And I think it's that mindset, you know, when you walk into a sales situation, you want to make sure that you have primed yourself in a mindset that they are going to say no. In fact, they are going to say no. It's not like you don't want to go into a situation where you're like, oh, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be yes. They're going to be agreed. They're going to be so happy. Like if you go into a mindset, the expectations that you set is going to be very different. So you want to have an expectation that. I know no matter how good I sell, he or she is definitely going to say no. And I need to be able to confidently address some of those objections. That's the way that I see it, which is if I go in and I try to work out what all the objections that that they're going to come up with, then I can best prepare myself. I'm not saying that you go into the mindset and attract everything that is not going to be not a sales, you're not going to be confident. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying that is they're so confident that even if they say no, you already have all the answers on what questions to ask them, potentially why to help them uncover what is the real reason that they say no. So for me, the first step is not about like calm, etc. It's like having the mindset that you walk into a sales situation with the right approach and attitude. Um, you're going to say something, I can see. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, I... At first, I was surprised when you said, like, come with an expectation that they will say no at the first time. Uh, It's partially true, but I wouldn't say come with an expectation that they will say no, because subconsciously you you might influence yourself in a way that actually this, this presentation is already lost, like this client is lost, like... Uh, why am I preparing for it at all? You know, so you want to, uh, you rather should have expectation that they will go ahead with you, but there will be some resistance. That's that's what I I think you should that your approach should be like. They want yeah. you want what they want what you have, but there will be some resistance. 
And very often it will be also some resistance because, um, you know, they they want you to get off your price. Like that's 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 very common actually in all industries. Even even in my industry, you know, like even though my my industry is like you know, uh, let's say competencies based. So so like we sell like our skills our comp competencies uh, and still people are you know haggling on on they like to haggle about price and mm. i'm actually well like i'm quite well prepared for that like what i really like to say to my clients when they say like oh this price is too high i say i get it but and, and but okay so they they might maybe not often they they say that it's too high but at the very end they are the, some of them are trying to get a discount you know mm -hmm. can we get a discount like 10% and i say sorry but uh i cannot give you this discount because like that's the price that um my other customers are paying for the same service so if i give you a discount then uh, I would be dis disloyal towards them, you know. Mm -hmm. It, it, you know, it it builds their trust. It builds uh, your authority in their eyes because you show like like you are an honest man. Mm -hmm. You uh, you put your values above uh, money. Let's say money. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, I completely agree. And maybe I should clarify that. I don't mean you go into a situation expecting no as an answer always. I guess where I'm coming from is if you have that attitude that they will say no, then you can go into that situation more well prepared because a lot of people just think that, oh, I have the best product. People will just buy it, but they're not. You know, even if you have the best product in the world, it doesn't matter because they want to be sold to and then you have to go through the process of selling them the benefits the advantages etc so maybe i should have clarified that i'm not saying i completely agree with you if you keep selling no then subconsciously you will be defeated already so no i'm asking you to go into the situation confidently but knowing that in the process they will say no they're not going to just say yes i'm in it here's my money thank you see you goodbye they're not going to do that. Um, and then when you expect them to say no at some point, then you can work out what those points are potentially going to be and it can work backwards. You can reverse engineer it and work out what other steps are. Cool. Um, second point, and I quite like this, and I think you touched on this just now, which is start objection handling with a question. So what we were saying earlier on was that most of the time, customers might say, um, oh, it's too expensive. Oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, we don't have the budget for this. And sometimes they will elaborate. But I think most of the times that I see, certainly, is that they will just go, hmm, I'm not sure if I have enough money for this. And then just keep quiet. Right? Yeah. So I, my approach would be that in that instance, I think Daniel just mentioned you're like, Okay, I agree. It's like you first acknowledge it, where they come from. You don't just like dismiss them. You're like, okay, I agree. But can you tell me more about what do you mean by I don't have enough money? Or can you tell me more about this? Or can you tell me more? You want them to elaborate on that. And like you said, let them speak. 
let them do the talking. Don't try to convince them. You want to now start to like manage that conversation the right way and let them do the talking. Like you have you have to direct them into uh, them convincing themselves. You know you know what I mean. Mm. So if they if they say that they don't have enough time or they don't have enough money, then you then you need to start asking like, um, how do you know that you don't have enough money? Like what what if we what if you can make double on that investment so for every dollar that you invest you will you will get two dollars back what mm-hmm. would that mean to you to you to your business and they would then they would start this thinking process of like okay maybe i can get rid of this maybe i can do that maybe i will just move things around you know and then they will be like okay actually i do have time actually mm. i do have a budget actually i think we should go ahead so 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 those questions is for them to ask but not to you but more for themselves you know you need to direct them into the point where they convince themselves that their objection is invalid exactly and so right you know and i pull out this image because you can see like you know going to the underlying cause of an objection is a bit like an onion so what they say is only surface level they're like oh i don't have the time or i don't have the money and then when you try to ask them oh tell me more like you just say you don't have time how does that mean um why did you say that and then you will start to peel off the layer the layer and the layer so for example you are selling to um to a, to a mom, she might go, oh, I don't have enough time. It's like, oh, why? Oh, because I've got kids to look after. I've got this, I've got that, blah, blah, blah. And then you ask them, oh, so what if, if you do this, suddenly you can buy yourself back time and then your kids can do this, you can do that. What if we can help you get there? And then suddenly she might think and go, yeah, you know what? Actually, time is not the problem. The real problem is what if my husband doesn't agree? Or what if my partner doesn't agree? And then you are now tackling a different problem because they'll often mask it with something else. And then when you really dig into it, it's a completely different issue. So I find that if you ask the right question at the right time and you peel off that layer, the, 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 the response and the, whatever you realize is that what you're dealing with is completely different. And then most of the time, they just like put something on top because it's easier to say it or to mask it. And then when you really dig down, it's a completely different thing. I don't know whether you agree, Dan, on uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, agree with that. Yeah, cool. Step three, I think it's easy. We've already said that. Validate before objection handling. This is where we just say, I agree with you. Actually, I think step two and three should um, should um, probably go like that. Should sort places because you would want to. When they say, I don't have enough time, enough money. I probably wouldn't go, oh, tell me more. I might say, okay, I think I understand where, you've come, where you're coming from, but can you tell me more? Um, I would validate it first. I would agree first, and then I would say, tell me more. What do you think then? Yeah, I've, I think that, you know, uh, I, like when I look at this step three, I, I can see that, you know, I said something more or less the same earlier. So, so you mm. know, like ask the first question and then, and you said about going to the root. So, so like, 
yeah two and three are really you know connected let's say with each other like it should be like one big step rather than two and three so like mm. okay so you have this okay yeah are you sure about it you're not yeah so you know mm. a bit a bit a few more questions just to just to confirm that uh that just to push them more into the the right direction you know mm, absolutely agree next step is that you isolate the sales projection and what they're saying here is basically a lot of the times like what we just saw as an example is that when you see people talk about okay i have some time issue when you're on earth it's actually about money or when you say it's money when you're on earth it's actually about seeking approval from someone and then when you're on earth it might be something completely different so what they're saying here is that once the customer has gone down and share a bit more about what the objection is what you want to do now is to isolate this source objection and what they're saying is this if we somehow figured out how to solve this problem completely what other obstacles would we have to overcome before moving forward so it's almost like okay i know you've got a time problem fine is there anything else it's kind of like you're preparing yourself to for all the other objections that might come after this so you don't solve them as you go along you're trying to rip all of the objections out of your clients first so that you know inside your head what you're going to cover next um, which i think is an interesting concept um i think so... that there's another like purpose of isolating that that objection mm -hmm. because in my sense very often if we think like okay uh, uh we tend to uh overestimate thing so things so if we think that there is this one obstacle in our way then we will find another obstacle but if if we as a salesperson uh be able to handle this one objection and make it uh, into no objections right mm -hmm. so this is this major objection and it turns out that it's not really a problem and then we ask uh, about other objections and they they might end up saying something like no you know actually there is no other objection like mm -hmm. there are no other obstacles standing in our way actually yeah you you, you will you will we, thanks to that step you will be getting closer to the point where they say okay yeah let's let's just go ahead yeah. like there is no obstacle standing in our way Let, let's just go ahead yeah so for me i think i agree i think that's a interesting like you're you're setting yourself up for success to them saying yes because you know what they're gonna say next or what's standing in their way you are already one step ahead of the game um and you're helping them find clarity as well as to what is potentially in their way and then you can start to formulate a strategy inside your head on how do you get them to talk themselves out of those objections they're in so i think that's quite um quite a smart one next one is get permission to address the objection. So again, I think this is another, um, like an attitude thing. So basically what they're emphasizing is that you need to pay attention to the language you're using. So for example, you don't want to let them feel like I'm here trying to convince you. So you don't say words like, can I make a suggestion? Because it's all like coming from you. And what they're actually emphasizing is to say something like, can I bounce a few ideas off of you it's like you're working 
with this client or this customer trying to solve this question together. You are in it with them. It's not like I'm here trying to sell you something and you need to listen to me. It's like, how can we do this together so that we can get to the next level? Um, so again, I don't think, I think, yes, it's about the language. But for me, it's more about the attitude that you're bringing. It might not be the same language, but it's more like, how can we do this together? Um, would you mind if I ask you this? Um, would you mind if we try this? What if we do that? Um, so for me, those are kind of the these questions and language that I would use. Um, and it's all about building rapport with the customer, isn't it? Because the customer is going to invest in you. They want to know that they can trust you to deliver the results for them. So, um, yeah. And and there is another thing to to that step. I would say that mm -hmm. that people don't like to be, let's say, uh, they they don't like to be bossed around. Let's say so you cannot just tell to your potential customer like, so why don't you like fire this guy? So why don't you yeah. find some additional money? Like you know, it's it's a bit rude to make such suggestions, right? So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they would. They will not. They will definitely not feel good about uh, about you making uh, suggestions in such a way. It's, but but it's something different. Like uh, when you say like, oh, let's do it together. Let's work out some things. You know, together. You know, make it, make it like a mutual project or something like that. Mutual task. Not like I'm telling you what you need to do to so that we can start working together, right? Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. That's working together. So you need to make the customer feel that. I think that's very important. I think there's a word that says um, you don't want the customer to understand you. You want them to feel understood. And that's very different. So I think that's the key thing about step five. All right, step six. Yeah, like... Oh. I, I just wanted to to add Go something. Like, remember that people. Let's be honest. People don't like to listen. They like to be listened mm -hmm. to. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You need to make them feel understood. That's why you don't want them to understand you. You want them to feel understood. So I think that's a key key difference there. Step six: handle the sales objection with a reframe. And to help you read better, a reframe, according to the author, and once again, this is the article, you can read it up there. It's about an insight that changes how your customer thinks and feels about an objection, problem, or opportunity. Basically, what you want to do at the end of the reframe is to ask the right questions to help them identify opportunities. So is this objection actually a problem or can you find a way to reframe it as an opportunity is it a weakness or is it a strength is it a poor timing for something to take place or to happen or is this actually a perfect timing to do such things so i like this you know i think helping someone to reframe an opportunity and a problem or a situation and help them to see things from a different perspective from a different angle is always going to be helpful so for me you know, from a coaching experience, for example, I always like to ask people, like when they come to things like that, I will go, oh, okay, I know that I can see where you're coming from. That's fine. You know, we already talked about this in the previous step. But what if this happens if you decide to join us and we make this work? How would things look like? Um, how would things be different? 
Um, how does this relate to your goals, to your dreams, for your business results? How can you take your business to the next level? And um, so for me, asking a what if questions, we were just saying, let's just play this out. Let's just imagine this. How would it be like if we managed to get this to work together? And again, it's having that mutuality, that working togetherness, right? What if we, if we make this work, how would things look like? How would things be different? So I personally think this is my favorite step. And this is probably where the magic actually happens is they are the one who do all the talking and they say, oh, I have this problem with money. And you go, okay, but what if you spend 3,000 with us and after six months, we can get you a consistent 5,000 every month. How would things look like? How would your business be different, etc.? You just help them imagine the possibility instead of them focusing on the downside, just help them to see the other side of what's potentially there for them. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Like reframing, you need to, you need to do it to, to uh, make sure that they notice that it's not an, a problem, an obstacle anymore. It's an opportunity to do something better, not only about your service that you are selling, but maybe something else that they do at their business or, or in their life. Mm -hmm. Cool. Last but not least. It's step seven, and it's about finish handling an objection. Oh, sorry. I oh oh, so it's seven steps. I thought it's seven eight steps. steps. No, okay. seven steps. Yeah. So, uh, finish handling an objection with an unbiased resolution. So this is basically once you've handled all the objections, and before you go to the customer and say, "Okay, so let's do this together," you will go. What part of your concern do you feel is still left unaddressed? Huh. I find that very interesting because you, if it's me being the receiver of this message, I will feel like this person is really looking after me and making sure that before I invest my time, my money and effort, my money, <laughs> my energy and money. Money and uh, energy, manage. Yeah, so manage, uh, my monogy, um, so time, money, energy you are really trying to look after me and go, okay, what else do you want to talk about? It's almost like most people would not like an objection. It's almost like you're welcoming an objection. So um, I, find that, I find that very interesting. I feel very, very well looked after. And for me personally, as someone who has invested at this point, if they ask me this question, if I've spoken to them well enough, if I've been reframed, likelihood is that I would I have a high chance of investing with them already um or purchase a product or service or whatever so what do you think then i i really like what you just said about uh like handling objection increases your ch chance of closing a sale mm. but it doesn't make it 100 percent uh you know 100 percent successful like there will always be cases when 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 you are exactly. unsuccessful with your sales process. Uh, otherwise, you know, okay, mastering like handling objections is really hard craft, I would say. Uh, but still, like probably even top salespeople have some failed sales processes. 
you know, mm. some fail, uh, failed sales attempts. So you need to be mindful that, that uh, you know, um, you might hit a wall uh, a mm. few times, actually. But Completely. from my own experience, I can tell you that, uh, that when it comes to the meeting, uh, sales meeting, and you are about to sell, uh, like it's easier to sell than when when you do the the first step when you do like f let's say cold outreach you know if you mm. do cold outreach to people it's really hard you will need to you know make loads of effort to get someone on a call or whatever right and then you know, when it comes to the sales meeting, like maybe I'm only speaking from my own experience, but for me, you know, like I'm quite successful when it comes to the sales meeting, but I'm not very successful when it comes to getting those sales meetings. So, yeah. so I need to get more, uh, I need to improve my my process more on this uh, cold outreach. And, and but of course I can also improve on sales meetings as well, mm. but, but yeah. I agree. You know, um, we are not saying that um, once you have learned this, etc., you're definitely going to nail every single sale or close every single deal. It's not going to happen. Um, but I think the learning is that you get to know which type of customers easily say yes, which type of customers easily would say no, no matter how hard you try. And then I guess, you know, for some instances, it's just a case of you being okay to go. This is just, this is just not the type of customer that I, I, I can work with or he wants to work with me because you have to remember when you go into a, a working relationship together, you both have to come out of this situation, both winning, you know? If you work too hard, they work too less, you are losing out. If they work too hard, you work too less, they are losing out. So it has to be kind of an equal relationship, equally invested, et cetera, to make both parties get something out of this partnership, this working relationship, or this investment. So for me, I think handling objections helps you get more clarity in terms of what kind of customers you want to work with or may be well-suited for your business. And also you get to understand their problem a bit more, right? Because if you've got one or two or three, you might realize that they all have the same problem. They all have the same challenge. Then you can nail down a bit more. Your marketing message can be much better. I think there's so much learnings in there when you have conversations with people and people challenges you. Then once you understand all these things, you speak to enough people, the next thing is you just have to be comfortable to pick your niche and pick your fight, pick a battle, pick which ground you want to fight on. You can't win every single thing. So to pick somewhere to excel in the area first, then you can move on to the next one. So for me, um, handling an objection is not just about closing that deal. It's much better than, it's much more than that. It's much more than that. So um, that, that's the way that I see uh, handling objections. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Right. Anything else you want to add to? Uh, no, I think I, I said uh, enough about sales uh, tonight. Actually, you know, uh, like, honestly, I don't feel uh, that much comfortable yet talking about sales. Like, mm. I have some experience with sales because I need to do that for my business, but I'm not, I, I, I realize that I'm not a pro at the moment because mm. I need to divide my time between selling and between, you know, 
marketing. So doing mm. work for my clients, doing work for my company. Uh, but but hopefully uh, when we meet in, in one year again, let's say for some sales focused uh, episode, I will have more to tell mm. from my own experience about absolutely. selling, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think absolutely that. And then um for some reason I just realized that uh, a lot of the techniques that you learn here about working with people, handling objections, etc., this skill sets can be easy to other things like interview, presentation, and all those stuff, because at the end of the day, you're dealing with a human and you're going to get a human on board with you. So um cool. Shall we leave it there? Yes. Cool. Okay. Next week we'll have a guest episode and yeah, stay tuned. Um, and if you enjoyed the episode, give us a follow on Instagram at the newborn hustlers or just DM us, have a chat with us. We'll be more than happy to do that. And if you enjoyed this episode, which I think is great, you know, we, we started looking at the framework, we discussed some ideas together. I'm sure you can take away something, then give us a like or subscribe if you enjoy it. Okay. We will see you all next week, same time, same place and enjoy your game. Let's hope Chelsea wins and, yeah. uh, we will go from there. Yeah. See okay. everybody. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.